0: Hello and welcome to the Nordic Investor podcast by Evli for professional investors following the Nordic Capital Markets. Every quarter we present a short-term outlook for the Nordic market, we extract learnings from the previous quarter, we examine changing cross-asset trends and highlight key things to keep an eye on. My name is Thomas Hildebrandt and I'm the market strategist at Evli's institutional asset management in Helsinki. Today we'll cover a range of topics from the Nordic equity market to the Nordic bond market and to a 2022 forecast for the overall region. And to do so, I'll be picking the brains of my expert colleagues Valtteri, Ville and Juhamatti, here at Evli. Now, if you're wondering what uh, 2022 may hold in store for the Nordic market, we have you covered. Evli's new chief strategist Valtteri Ahti is here with me to tell you more about it. Valtteri, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Thomas. So how do you see the end of this year in terms of key macro and market themes? So we actually think that
1: the end of this year is looking really good. So we're in the midst of a strong earnings season. And if you look at global macro, the world economy is basically running at double the speed it normally runs at. The Nordic economies are no exception, so we're seeing robust growth in all the Nordic economies. Uh, going into next year, it's going to be a bit trickier, so uh, more of a Jekyll and Hyde year, in that the first half is going to be a continuation of the of the strength witnessed at the end of this year, so r- extremely rapid economic growth. Uh, also. Uh, quite a bit of inflationary pressure. And then the second half seeing both a slowdown in economic growth rates towards longer run trends and also a gradual dissipation of that inflationary pressure that's that's sort of hitting the world economy right now and in the beginning of next year.
0: Hmm. Inflation seems to be a very hot topic uh, at the moment. Uh, what's your assessment on that one?
1: The risk is towards inflation lasting longer, being more broad-based and higher in general than market participants generally
0: anticipate. So this uh, looks a little bit like a stagflationary environment like the 70s but right now it seems that the supply side of uh, the economy is not catching up to the demand that we see globally and uh, what you're saying is that the demand keeps strong and companies are ramping up their production they're offering uh, first prices go up but then competition will take uh, the price at some kind of equilibrium level again
1: that's exactly what i'm saying i mean thomas what would you do if somebody offered you know whatever you're selling uh you know 10 times more than you're you're charging right now mm. It
0: obviously increase supply right exactly <laughs> or, some, or someone would <laughs> that that's the market economy so uh, how do you think, uh, how are the Nordics uh, faring in this kind of uh, environment, in this kind of global competition?
1: Well, the Nordics have actually performed extremely well. And the, the reason is that uh, the Nordic economy suffered a far smaller drop in terms of e- in economic activity than, than the rest of the world or the rest of Europe. And that's why our bounce back has been, our growth hasn't been as fast because we just didn't fall as far as others did to begin with. Uh, furthermore, the Nordic economies or Nordic populations are far more vaccinated than than most OECD economies. So, we anticipate there to be a lot less risk in terms of Corona blowback, be that through altered altered virus strains or, or mutations. So uh, we're, we're looking at robust growth in essentially all the Nordic economies, in particular Norway, Sweden's going rapidly, uh, Finland's also bouncing back quite nicely. And we're even seeing, for example, the Norges Bank has, has already raised interest rates and is looking for another interest rate hike and so forth. So the Nordic look
0: rel, look relatively strong in the current environment. And uh, in essence, and, and to conclude, so the global outlook is positive, We have some headwinds uh, with inflation beginning of the year, but uh, looking further on, uh, the pressures should abate and uh, growth should continue on a good pace uh, overall. That's an excellent summary, yes. Good. Okay, thank you, Valtteri, for joining the podcast today and thanks for your insights. Thanks, Thomas. My second guest today is uh, Ville Tiainen. Evelyn's Nordic Equities Fund Manager. You listeners remember him from our podcast last spring. Welcome, Ville.
2: Thanks for having me, Thomas, and nice to be here again.
0: Great. There's been a quite an amount of IPOs that we have seen throughout the whole year bringing new companies to the market. So what's behind this phenomena and uh, what's behind the strong interest behind that?
2: That is an excellent question, and, and, and If I need to name one theme that I would remember from this year in Nordic, it's definitely the IPOs, and and especially both in in Finland and Sweden, which are our team's focus markets. And then I'd guess that the main driver behind the listing activity is the excess liquidity and resulting elevated multiples that we've been seeing during the last couple of years at least. And naturally, some of these offerings might have been postponed from last year due to COVID-19 but however especially in Sweden to answer your question the structural factors play an important role and it's kind of impossible to pinpoint one single factor driving this phenomena but I'm inclined to believe that Sweden has a, or the Swedes have above average willingness to take risk they are more op- opportunistic when it, it comes to growing businesses and, and trying new things and then what I think is the most important thing is that, that, the, that the country for some reason has a unique ecosystem where in addition to traditional kind of big ticket institutional investors, there are smaller professional investors that provide capital and liquidity for these aspiring younger companies. Maybe one anecdotal evidence is that according to Bloomberg, Sweden's capital Stockholm has bred more tech unicorns per capita than any other region in the world, uh, uh, say for Silicon Valley. So there's there's something really special in Sweden and and especially in, in, in the small and mid-cap segment when it comes to listed equities.
0: Could you describe a little bit what kind of companies are getting listed at at the moment? Is it some specific sectors or what kind of uh, names and, and companies are coming to the market?
2: I would say that both in Sweden and in Finland, it's there is not one single sector or kind of business type. So it's broad-based. It's really broad-based, especially in Sweden. We have seen... More than 100 IPOs year to date in Sweden, with different sizes and different sectors. And in Finland, we've uh, we've seen more than uh, almost 20 20 IPOs. So it's really broad-based in
0: both Finland and in Sweden. Mm, that's interesting. So uh, traditionally, the Nordics are well known for their cyclical nature. Is this still the case? And uh, Looking forward, are we able to continue balancing between cyclical and uh, defensive themes uh, during the next year?
2: Yes, that that's a great question once again, and, and we get that often. Yes, on index level, no, Nordic markets are, I would say, excluding Denmark, are slightly tilted towards cyclical sectors. But still, in Finland and Sweden, we see many good defensive names, if it were the case that we would like to. Overemphasized or overweight those in our portfolios, but there are there are numerous companies in in these more defensive defensive sectors that we can utilize in our portfolios.
0: Would you say that the newcomers to the market, those IPO companies, are typically growth companies, or what kind of characteristics would you put on them? Yeah, naturally,
2: vast majority of those companies are growth oriented. I would say, of course, there has been some of these more mature cases where the expected growth rates are something mid single dig- digits or something like that. But vast majority of of those cases are cross companies.
0: So basically with the diversified portfolio, you get uh, a little bit of all themes uh, in the Nordics. Yes, yes, exactly. So how is it if we're looking at the outlook for next year and uh, how do you think it will differ from this year?
2: Well, when I was kind of... Doing my due diligence before the podcast, I checked what the pundits or or search were saying end of last year about this year and the outlook for this year. And now, what I just heard Walter saying, they're more or less kind of the big picture seems to be more or less the same. Of course, apart from the inflation expe- expectations, but I'll buy the base scenario that Walter just pictured. But maybe one differentiating factor is the earning revision trend that we are watching closely on market level and of course on the company level and that has the earnings revision trend for 2021 earnings has remained positive but has turned negative for 2022 earnings so that is something of course that we are watching closely but to be honest of course understanding the macro backdrop is important but still and this is something that we were talking uh, uh, with with the portfolio manager Janne Kujala before I left here that that even though you would get the big picture right the macro picture right and and do the stock picking based on that picture, you might get the stock picking parts only totally wrong. So it's it's important to be mindful about the economic outlook and the macro backdrop. But still, we focus on company level fundamentals and the stock level price action.
0: If we reflect to Valtteri's uh, part, uh, the growth outlook is good. There is some inflationary concerns which could lead to some cost pressures at companies. But there, if companies are flexible, if they are able to adapt, they should fare in in this kind of environment.
2: Yeah, and especially the companies that have pricing power should fare Mm. well. And this kind of inflationary environment kind of shows which companies have that power. And of course, that speaks pretty big things about those companies that have and those that don't have that pricing power.
0: Mm. Great. So... uh Ville, now my final question to you, and and it's simple: if you would name just one key thing that investors should look out for 2022 when it comes to the Nordic markets, uh, what would it
2: be? I would still stress the IPO market and be mindful about the quality and valuation of upcoming IPOs. Since what we have heard from our brokers, from both from Sweden and Finland, the IPO pipeline looks pretty solid or pretty stuffed for the end of this year and the begin beginning of next year. And though the average offer-to-date returns have been pretty solid, both both in, in Finland and, and Sweden on average during this year, the market has, has cooled down in Sweden during the October. So the latest the average returns or offer-to-date returns, especially in Sweden, for IPOs that have that have been made during the October have turned negative. So that, that is something that I would focus on on during next year. So IPOs will continue, we believe, both in Finland and Sweden. But, but I would be more mindful about the quality and the evaluation of the upcoming
0: IPO candidates. Quality and valuations. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Ville. It's been nice that you were here. Thanks for your participation. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. My final guest today is Juha-Matti Pukka, our Head of Fixed Income Funds and uh, Nordic Bond Specialist. Welcome,
3: Juha-Matti, to the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. So let's drive right into it. Uh, How has uh, 2021 been for the Nordic Bond market?
3: Well, 2021 so far has been very good for the Nordic corporate bond market. Um, Investor demand for the asset class has been uh, very good um i mean it's been increasing and also the performance has been stable and and uh, very good um, so uh the secondary market demand is um i mean very very high so uh, it's been very difficult market to buy and the primary market has been a little bit under our, our estimate when it comes to, to primary market activity so that leaves the market uh i mean structurally the the demand for paper has been much Uh, bigger than the the supply of of new bonds to the market. So that's very very good for the the secondary market performance and also also for uh, corporate bond uh, portfolio performances. Liquidity-driven. Liquidity-driven, indeed. Hmm.
0: Ville told us uh, previously that uh, quality and valuations are key in the equities. Is it the same thing in bonds?
3: Definitely. I mean, if you think about the Nordic corporate bond market, it's a very unique combination of uh, very strong fundamentals and and uh, attractive levels when it comes to yield spreads. Um, so you have to accept the fact that the majority of the companies are unrated companies. But if you are comparing um, the credit fundamentals of uh, Nordic unrated companies to the rated Pairs in the European market, you are getting quite a bit of excess yield for your for your investment. So I, I I will I will say again. I mean the combination of of uh, credit credit fundamentals and the valuation is quite unique in the Nordic market.
0: Mm. Looking at the developments among issuers,
3: so so how have the issuing companies been behaving this year? Issuing companies have been. I mean, they have been continuing to beef up the balance sheets. Uh, so they have been doing this ever since the 2020 pandemic uh, drawdown. I mean, that was that was a big shock for the companies, and they they started to focus on the cash flow to defend the balance sheet and trying to get the business running uh, while you get all these uh, um, containment measures that are sort of like uh, putting putting some some limits on doing business. Now, companies have been doing great job. Um, and uh, we are expecting this this to continue also. What the companies have been proactively doing is that they have been refinancing the upcoming maturities while the funding is very cheap to obtain from the capital markets. So the companies have been issuing new bonds and refinance the next two, three-year maturities, pushing the wall of maturities much, uh, much, much uh, longer. And also, they have been they have been sort of like taking off the, the big spikes in the maturity maturity uh, profiles.
0: One growing theme has been the uh, floating rate notes and and growing supply and demand in in them. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about that.
3: Yeah, it's almost very good that you mentioned it because I mean it's like in sort of like a jeopardizing the, the word unique again here, but but I mean it's a I mean it's a unique feature for the market that such a big amount of uh, new bonds are issued in the floating rate format uh, outside of the Nordic region. Not many companies are actually doing that, but in the Nordic region, uh, I would say that half of the companies are issuing uh, floating rate notes. And that's giving you very good protection from the or for the for the rate volatility that we are seeing now. Um, I mean, definitely going into twenty twenty two, when inflation picture is quite difficult to paint. Um, I mean, Valtteri was talking about that how uh, we are expecting things to things to go, but the investor sentiment is changing very fast, and and we have seen in twenty twenty one a lot of volatility when it comes to uh, to a longer end of the curve in in yield market, uh, rates rate market. So having a floating rate note in your portfolio is actually giving you stability and and then you are taking the uh, credit risk uh, and you are, you are sort of like taking the advantage of yields per s tighten, but at the same time you don't have to go longer in duration, and you can you can stay invested but keep the duration low.
0: And most probably the central banks uh, will tighten their monetary policies uh, during next year.
3: Yeah, uh, except for the ECP. Uh I think the the Nordea Bank they they already did. Yep. Uh, Riksbank in Sweden is also maybe going to do it. Uh, so having uh, Swedish krona, Norwegian krona investments invested in uh, floating rate formats is giving you protection from the uh, from the rate hikes too.
0: So now we talked uh, what's in store for the Nordic market, but how about a few words about uh, Evlis funds?
3: Well, I mean Nordic market has been very good for us. Once again, uh, we have a great exposure to uh, to the Nordic market in various different uh, portfolios when it comes to. Uh, pan-european products or even the dedicated Nordic funds we have been really enjoying the um, good performance in the Nordic region um, so we are continue to see we, we continue to see Nordic market very attractive uh, source for alpha for 2022 um, and especially I like the fact that the uh, market has been very stable and the performance has been quite predictable uh, we are coming with a lack to European market or the broader um corporate bond markets uh so after the rally in uh, 2021 in the in the broad markets uh nordic market has been sort of like a left behind and there's a lot of uh, room to perform from here now also i was mentioning the fact that in the Nordic region, when you are investing, invested in the underrated bonds, you are getting some, some additional yield. That's about 50 to 150 basis points of extra yield that you are getting for your investments. And if you think about, I mean, the, the additional spread on top of the, uh, top of the market that is now trading quite tight, it's actually a significant part of the overall yield spread. So for us, it's a le- very low hanging fruit to, uh, to be invested. And, uh, I think, uh, Going into 2022, we are seeing increasing, increasingly high demand from the non-traditional uh, investors in the, in the Nordic region.
0: Great. Uh, we're now coming to the end of uh, our podcast. So my last question to you, juha is, is the same as uh, to my colleagues. What would be one key thing for our listeners should, that should know about the Nordic market in
3: 2022? I think, I mean, the... the Low yield environment has been sort of like a, having this mantra going on for years that fixed income is not offering any meaningful returns for investors. But I beg to differ because um, the yield spread difference that I was um, I was mentioning earlier is actually putting the Nordic market in relative terms quite an attractive point. And I think in 2022 even you are ma- you are able to make very good total returns uh, in the Nordic corporate market and I think it's uh it's getting more and more difficult the in, in this cycle to make positive total returns in the fixed income and Nordic market is one of those that that really stands out for the potential for the for the total return
0: Great Juhamatti, thanks for being here today and uh, thanks for your insights
3: it was my pleasure.
0: Well, this brings us to the end of the episode and uh, our market outlook series for this year. However, the good news is we'll be back and do it all over again in 2022. Look out for the first episode dropping in in the new year. And until then, please visit our Evli blog hub and feel free to send us your questions at fundinfo at before I go, I once more would like to thank my guests, Valteri, Ville and Juhamatti for an engaging discussion. I'm Thomas Hildebrandt, and this has been the Nordic Investor podcast by Evli. Bye bye, au revoir, hey